Welcome to the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast, Hyphenation. And I'm your host, Kellen Conley. <sighs> Beautiful, cold morning here in Morgantown for, for June, but uh, things, are, things are good. Uh, Cavs just went down 0-3 to three to Durant's 41 points last night crazy, crazy game. It went just like I expected it to with the Cavs coming out with the being back at home fire and then uh, <laughs> just getting uh, wrecked so to speak by the fourth quarter. It wasn't it, like I I, I, don't, I don't even want to get into the game. I, I just thought the Cavs would come out high. I thought the Warriors would stay close and then the Warriors end up pulling away in the fourth. And that's exactly what ended up happening. Uh, so nothing to see here. Business as usual. LeBron is once again a game away from getting swept out of NBA Finals. Last year he managed to win game four after a phenomenal final shooting performance from the Cavs in game four. Of course that team was totally different. Uh, to send the series back to Oakland where Golden State closed them out in five. So game four is on Friday. We will see if LeBron can avoid a sweep for the second time in his career. Or if he'll get swept for the second time in his career. Or if he will avoid the sweep. (sighs) So I had an encounter with, uh, with, with one of our, at my, at my job, with one of our clients. I had an encounter along the lines of I, I was helping them do something very basic with one of their accounts, nothing too major. And I was just, uh, you know, filling in some blanks, asking some questions. And at my branch, I'm the only black guy. In my whole, in our whole organization, there's less than 10 of us in the whole organization. It's still West Virginia. You know, finance industry, West Virginia, small um, business, so to speak. A small local, local business that I work for. <laughs> but she leaned over to me. And out of nowhere, she says, and I I, I kid you not, she says, are you the only African-American that works here? And and just for clarification, she's an older white woman. I'd say mid-40s, early 50s. But she says, are you the only African-American that works here? And I say, not for the entire company. But in this branch, yes. And she goes, you are so brave. 
and I was like, uh, thank you. I was a little dumbstruck. I was like, why am I brave? <laughs> Good job I came to work today. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly didn't. She said that. And I know I looked at her weird. I know I did. And I didn't mean to. But it's just like, she's just like, you're so brave. Yeah, I mean, I got to get paid. <laughs> Let's be real. So, anyway, I, I leave her in my office to go grab something for her from the back. And I tell one of my coworkers. And she's like, no, no, she didn't. I'm like, yeah, I swear. I swear on everything. I swear to goodness. That she uh, just told me I was brave because I was an African-American going to work in a white man's world. <laughs> um, yeah. So I go back in and I start looking at her account. And I'm like, okay, I, I just kind of remember I'm, I'm realizing who you are. I've had dealings with her husband. Her husband is also black. So that makes a little bit more sense along the lines of she's probably seen the issues that he's had to deal with being black and working in West Virginia and his struggles along the way. So I don't think it was coming from a completely naive place. I just think it was more along the lines of um, more of an empathy kind of thing. Which I appreciate. Don't get me wrong. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for caring. And then she even, she even says to me, she's like, well, my, my husband is black, so I understand the things that, that he's gone through and still goes through. So, I just want you to know that what you're, that I, I kind of have an idea of the struggle that you deal with on a daily basis. Just trying to do right. I don't know. But it was just so weird. Because uh, we were talking about what she wanted for the transaction and everything. And then she's like, are you the only African-American that works here? I'm like, yeah, I mean, in this branch. She's like, you are so brave. So you hear that? I'm brave. But real talk, I mean, she's not wrong either. I mean, I could be out here being trash, uh, not taking care of my family, not taking care of myself, self, you know. I could 100% be out here being trash. That would be easy to do. But that's just not the kind of person I am. So every morning, there's a halo hanging from the corner of my girlfriend's four-post bed. I know it's not mine, but I'll see if I can use it for a weekend or one, one night. No, I'm kidding. For real. No sugar ray. Uh, every morning I get up out of bed, 
put my pants my pants on one leg at a time, just like anybody else. And then I take myself to work and work out my schedule, come home and try to be dad and husband and then whatever downtime's left once everybody's asleep, that's my time. And that's why I end up staying up too late. But we talked about that in self-care. I'm still, I, I haven't really, I wrote the note as soon, this topic down, as soon as it happened. I was like, I gotta talk about this on the World's Greatest Podcast. <laughs> I was still in shock just because it was just so random, you know? And, like, I've had situations at jobs where, especially when I worked at the shoe department, which is almost 10 years ago at this point, the first time. I've had I've had moments where um you know I'm only black guy helping people in the store. All the other all my other coworkers, employees are white. So white patrons, customers will go up to the registers and with their shoe purchase, whatever they got, and then somebody um, whoever's working the register will be like, anybody help you today? And, of course, we don't have name tags or anything. And we tend, and I tend not to be like, hey, my name's Kellen. At least I tend to, like, in that field I didn't. Because Kellen is already a, a, a unique enough name. But it's not unique enough and easy enough where they won't slaughter it. Where people will feel comfortable saying it. And it's not like I can say, oh, my name's Bill. Bill helped me. Easy. Hey, my name was Kellen. Uh, Kevin, Keenan, Kalen, uh, Colin, help me. People don't want to do that. They don't want to embarrass themselves at the register. So instead, a lot of times, if a, if you don't get a name, like Thomas, that's easy. Thomas never had that problem. But if they didn't get Thomas's name, they'd be like, oh, the big guy back there. Thomas is like six foot. Uh, Tom, Thomas is built like a about four brick walls love them to death uh, so they're all oh, the big guys so they mean Thomas or they'd be like oh uh, oh the little short pretty girl that would be um, my friend Kaylee who uh, has moved away years ago uh, the guy with the glasses that'd be Anthony so they would find it easier to instead say the black guy except they didn't want to say the black guy and they didn't want to see the African-American guy either. <laughs> so they'd be at the register and be like, uh, yeah, uh, that, that, uh, the guy back there, uh, you, you know, a little stocky, a little, maybe even throw out the word chubby, it, it's true. Um, I was less chubby then, but still, it, it, that guy back there, because they didn't want to say black. And they didn't want to say African American, so Anthony always got a kick out of being like, "Oh, the black guy." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's the black guy. It's okay. What? It's okay if my fellow white man says it. <laughs> but I had this one. Uh, he was a supervisor for a few months when I first started the shoe department about ten years ago. Like I said, and one of the first times somebody rolled up to the register and was trying to describe who helped him. He was like, oh, hey, the, the guy back there. And I was like maybe one, the only 
other dude salesman on the floor, and he knew it wasn't him that helped him. So he says, oh, the color fella. <laughs> and my old boss, Trudy, was up there, and she's like, Russ, you can't say that. <laughs> He's like, oh, he was a color fella. Like, Russ was extremely nice guy, but extremely sheltered. Um... Yeah, he's a nice guy, completely sheltered, oblivious to uh, social cues, even in 2008. The color fella. Oh, the color fella. He said it a couple times, and Trudy called him out every single time about it. <laughs> and I just always thought, thought it was hilarious. So that's the only other time I can really think of uh, having to deal with a situation was similar to a lady just leaning across my desk and looking at me and be like, are you the only African-American here? God bless you. God bless you too, ma'am. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> Taking this time to sit with me and giving me an opportunity to show that I'm just as good as uh, all the other white people in this bridge. <laughs> 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 this episode is sponsored by Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A sweet tea. I'm not normally a Chick-fil-A guy, but Aaliyah want, that was Aaliyah's treat for uh, being good at the doctor's visit this morning. So that's done. <sighs> It just blows my mind. Like, the, the, does anybody, like, I'm going to make it a point at some point. And I'm going to pick my spot. But at some point, I'm going to walk into an establishment where it's going to be predominantly, uh, some way it'll be like more women and like maybe one guy. Um, I probably won't do it to a girl. Cause that's just, then that's just completely taken out, taken wrong. Uh, so like if there's like one dude and a bunch of girls or, um, may I, I would really love if it was a uh, a white dude, um, with a with a bunch of black ladies. I don't know if I'm run into that, but I'd love to sit down with them, be talking about what we're talking about, and be like, "Can I ask you a question? Are you the only male that works here? Are you the only white male that works in this building? <laughs> or, or, are are you the only?" Um, only male. You know, are you the only uh, Asian Asian uh, Asian person in here? Are you the only person of color that works here? Once said though, the God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy, and that is damn sure the truth. <laughs> Uh, I, I just had to share that with y'all to begin with, though. That first part of the show was recorded weeks ago because I thought I was going to record the whole episode. And then I only ended up having just that story. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I was able to record one seamless episode. And I apologize, but I don't think that story would have been as funny if I told it now. <laughs> So, <laughs> excuse me. 
This episode is sponsored by Lipton. No. Yeah. Lipton. Brisk. Juice drink. Lemonade. Get it where you get it. You get it for cheaper, though. <laughs> I only paid $1.29, though. And it's, uh... It is... One liter of lemonade goodness. And they have good flavors, too. Before I get into the main meat of the episode, I uh, I want to take a minute to let y'all know about a new show on Hyphen Podcast Group. That show is called Catch the Show. And it's hosted by E.G. And E.G. is someone I've known for a long time. He's actually the son of one of my good friends who's actually been on the show. So, I may have given it away. I may not have. But anyway, <clears throat> I've known E.G. since he was before he graduated high school. And, <clears throat> dang, excuse me. Now he's this grown, he's this whole ass kid. <laughs> as uh, Marcus kept saying in episode 64. Uh, he's a he's grown, grown ass man living in D.C. area. And what he has done is he has decided to start his own podcast. So naturally, I was like, oh, I see you're starting a podcast. How can I help you? <laughs> so Catch the Show is the newest podcast on the Hyphen Podcast Group. It's really good. The premise is he goes to a lot of shows, whether he's working at them or he actually attends them. He sees a lot of musical events. Also, just as I once was, he's also a music connoisseur. So each week he is uh, reviewing albums, talking about goings on in the industry. And he's not just limited to rap. He's, he, he, his first episode was about the Flash, flat, the flash Bush. The Flatbush Zombies their show second one was about tech nine his third one was about hashtag nine good albums something started by quest love that he responded to so he has music content coming from everywhere and he's not limited to just hip-hop he will bring in the pop he will bring in the rock he'll bring in the soul he'll bring in the metal he'll bring in the juggalos so I highly recommend you check that out. It's on hyphenpodcastgroup.com right now. Give my dude a listen. Throw him your support. If you support any of the hyphen podcast group projects, shows, I appreciate you. And I appreciate it if you check out my dude EG show. Chill. And you can follow him on socials at Ghost Doggy Dog. And I'm going to double check that. Even though I'm pretty sure I nailed it, but podcasting 101 don't sleep, ladies and gentlemen. So, ghost, ghost, doggy, D-A-W-G-Y, dog, D-A-W-G. And that's him on Twitter and on Instagram. So check my dude out. He's putting in great work. I'm really proud to have this show on the network. Oh, one other thing. Hyphen Podcast Group tees are coming I finally got a solid logo. The microphone with the round text is gone. We went, I went straight parental advisory style. Just straight up hyphen podcast group. And those t-shirts coming soon.
You get a t-shirt. You get a t-shirt. You get a t-shirt. Things like that. Next topic. As I yell in this empty-ass parking lot, other than my man who's running his tractor in the parking lot. Not sure what that's about, but I don't judge. Atlanta season two. Atlanta Robin season. I've been waiting on Thursday nights at 10 <laughs> for weeks now. And unfortunately, it, it has ended. I can I can say with all accuracy the show ended. No, I'm kidding. Um, season finale was almost two months ago, I feel like. Let's see. Well, May 10th. So we're a little about a, a month and a half out from the end of Atlanta, Robin season. And... I really wanted to go through and just break down all these episodes a little bit with you and go over my favorite parts and all that stuff because I really love this show and I had a true fear that it wasn't coming back. So right now, spoilers, in case you haven't watched the full season, but I had a really, really true fear that we weren't going to see more Atlanta because Donald... uh, I mean, he's getting ready to go out on tour. He has a new album coming out as Childish Gambino. Obviously, he's released a single, This Is America. So, I figure he's switching to album mode. He's been doing uh, a solo Star Wars story promo a lot. So, I just had my fears, but FX did the right thing. Donald Glover and his royalty team. I don't even know if they still go by royalty. And and all the actors, I assume, will be back for season three. So this, epi- this episode, this season, did us one better than season one. Because season one only gave us ten episodes. They said, let's give them one more. One mo. Season started with Alligator Man. So when we last left our heroes, so to speak, Ern was living in a storage unit. Uh, Paperboy. What was Paperboy doing? Uh, Paperboy was getting more popular, so to speak. Uh, the very last episode was about that jacket that Ern was trying to find. Um. Oh, Paperboy, Alfred, eventually, uh, uh, eventually, he officially made Earn his um, manager. And then things seem to be looking up as Elevators, Me and You by Outcast is playing over the outro. And so that's where we left it. So it being Atlanta and all and it being stories about these uh, people's lives in different Spaces of the lives. It's not. It's never chronological. This season is a little bit more chronological, though. So we start on Alligator Man. Alfred's on house arrest. Uh, why is Alfred on house arrest? I assume it's from the gun thing that happened to him. Ern also is on probation because he tried to sell a small amount of weed or something, and of course he got caught. So I'm guessing Ern got no charges from the gun incident in episode 
one, season one of Atlanta, the paperboy's on house arrest. Alfred and Darius are mad at each other. It's never explained. It's cleared up by the end of the episode. But seeing as, as Alfred is on house arrest, well, Ern has to go over to his Uncle Willie's house for domestic disper- disper- disturbance. Disturbance because Uncle Willie thought his girlfriend had stolen money from him. I think it was $50. She did. And there was a big old fight. And of course, white people here, black people arguing, they're going to call the cops. So the cops are there, uh, been notified. He Ern goes there, goes over there to try to help cooler heads prevail. Cooler heads kind of do. I mean, I mean, Ern ends up giving some money to the girlfriend of Uncle Willie, and then she says that stole his money anyway. <laughs> and then she ends up leaving. Uncle Willie says there's an alligator in the bathroom, and Ern's like, "What?" And then they have this conversation where Ern essentially tells Uncle Willie he does not want to be like him, and he's worried about it. Uh, and he's worried about Alfred dropping him as his manager. So I'm going to say it's been like, I don't know, let's just say 8 to 12 months has passed since since season 1. Anyway, the cops show up. Uncle Willie's not complying. They're ready to burst down the door. Ern's trying to get him to come out. It's not happening. Uncle Willie gives, Ger- gives Ern a gold-plated gun. Says you're going to need this in the music industry. And then Alligator Man ends up running out the back door of his house after he unleashes his alligator into the front yard to the waiting cops. Uncle Willie's played by Cat Williams in a spectacular... Um, no one saw it coming casting um, decision. Then Ern goes to back to Alfred's house. He was hoping to crash there because he has to. He's getting kicked out of his storage unit. He got caught, and then fresh out of prison, friend of Alfred, Tracy, is already crashing on the couch. So out of Ern, so Ern doesn't have any place to live. Also in this episode, there is a scene where some teenagers go to a um, go to a restaurant, a fast food place to order. Uh, a special off the menu that would hook them up with some weed. They decide they want to rob the place. Lots of shots are fired. It's crazy. No one gets hurt other than this mysterious girl who happens to be in the backseat of the car where the robbers decide to hop into. Um, so, yeah, we got a crazy robbery. And then we have what happened with them. Earn an alligator man. So this is a it was a good opening to the season. Again, Cat Williams was excellent. Atlanta immediately continues to not explain things that we as the viewers want to explain where we don't know why Darius and Alfred were mad at each other, but then they get over by the end of the episode. Earn still has no home. And we go on from there. So keeping up with the theme. I'm going to say um, my favorite character in this episode would have to be Ern, honestly. Ern did most of the heavy lifting. Uh, He's the one that had the deep conversation with Alligator Man and got the gold-plated gun. This is definitely an Ern-centric episode, so uh, favorite character from the episode would be Ern. 
worst characters would be those kids who we thought were going to go buy weed from this restaurant and ended up trying to rob it. So that was dumb. Next episode is called Sporting Waves. Alfred gets robbed by his drug dealer because it's robbing season. Because uh, he's getting a little notoriety. I mean, him and this drug dealer probably been boys for a while. The drug dealer is very apologetic, but he gets robbed at gunpoint in the back of his drug dealer's car. And his drug dealer uh, steals Alfred's car, right? Or just takes Alfred's keys. Yeah, I think he takes Alfred's keys. And so Alfred and Darius are spending an episode trying to find uh, Paperboy New Connect. So he can continue dealing weed. And meanwhile, of course, after all that happens, in between all that happens, Earn takes Paperboy to what is essentially, I don't know, a streaming service, some kind of music service. They call it a startup, uh, where they meet Clark County and his manager, Lucas. Um, Paperboy isn't very impressed by the startup. Startup doesn't seem very impressed by Paperboy. Earns trying everything he can to get this to work and get this payday, get to this cheddar. But I, I believe that they end up walking out. Nothing really happens there. Going back to episode season one, Earn actually needed some money. So he had taken, let's see, he had traded in his phone for some quick cash. And then, he, oh yeah, he had traded in his phone because he's broke in season one. And Darius convinced him to flip the items in order to wait for a bigger payday. Except Earn didn't realize that the payday would be a while from now. So if we go by this, let's see. Because Darius said it would take a while for the money to come back. I don't remember how long he had said. But essentially they had bought this dog. And sold it to. And traded it to this guy. And the guy said. And told Darius once he breeds them. That they're each going to get $4,000 a piece. Well that money came in. And instead of Earn saying. Let me go get a place. Or something logical. Earn listens to Tracy. Who says I can double your money. And make it an $8,000 Visa gift card. And you can go buy whatever you need. Okay. Fine. <laughs> uh, he goes to the mall with Tracy. Earn does. Tracy ends up stealing because he says that they can't chase him. Uh, just because of companies not wanting their employees risking themselves over a pair of shoes. Earn spends his money. Gets a text from Tracy. Tracy says the car's getting shut down. <sighs> so Earn ends up spending a bunch of money, didn't even get to use all of it, and then he had no ride home because Tracy went to his job interview, which he was wearing a wave cap for the whole episode because he was going to be sporting waves. Needless to say, Tracy didn't get the job. And Paperboy and uh, Darius's search to find a dealer goes bad as they run into one guy that wants to take selfies of Paperboy buying weed from him and another girl who absolutely is a big fan of Paperboy and starts texting Paperboy immediately after he meets the boyfriend and then Paperboy ends up ditching his phone because of it 
because they immediately get in the group chat, and Alfred ain't about that life. This episode was good. It wasn't as compelling as Alligator Man. This is the first episode where Ern just does some dumb shit for no reason, with that dumb shit being, oh, well, I'm going to waste this money, and and then go do this, and instead of being responsible, and let, let me put, put some money in a bank account for for a rainy day let me go get an apartment he was just home, talking about being homeless last episode and honestly the homelessness is never addressed the rest of the, the season no more mentions of the of the storage unit he doesn't end up staying at vans he doesn't stay up with stay with alfred he just exists and it's, it's interesting i thought it was interesting they never came back to that but we just assume that Ern has nowhere to go, and there's no re- they make no they see no reason to uh, show where Ern lays his head. Uh, but the episode's definitely funny. The, the drug dealer interactions, uh, the drug dealer interactions are funny. I didn't think it was funny that Paperboy got stuck up, and then Ern's dumbass listening to Tracy. Favorite character of this episode would have to be Tracy, because your man not only convinced. Earn to give him four thousand dollars so he could flip it into this gift card, and then who knows what happened to the rest of it? Because Tracy texted Earn and said, "Hey, the gift card is going to get shut down soon. You need to spend what you can spend." So Earn lost money on that deal. The only thing he spent his original four thousand, and then of course the whole thing with him working on his ways, get this job interview, and then. Tracy Kirkin out at the end at the interview when uh, the guy says, "Oh well, we're we're not really hiring right now," which is more felt like um, more felt like <laughs> you're black and we're not interested. Episode three, money bag shoddy. Episode starts with a hilarious Instagram um, live video. Of a mother reciting paperboy lyrics in a car, and her daughter was listening to it, and her daughter started crying, and her mother started crying. White women, mind you, very upset about what was said by one Alfred on this song, and how could this be played on a, a pop station, and blah blah blah. So we open with the guys celebrating. Um, things are going good. Paperboy's getting more, getting, getting more, uh, notoriety. Earn is starting to get some checks coming in for maybe that startup thing from the last episode worked a little bit. They start getting some royalty checks come in. So Earn decides it's time to stunt. Because Earn has always felt like he's the one getting stunted on, so it's time to stunt. So he wants to take Van to Alamo Draft House, essentially, and have a nice night out. Watch a movie. They won't break his hundred dollar bill. They so they uh won't take it without ID. Earn doesn't have his ID on him. Well, no, I even I don't even know. Earn had his ID. I think Earn just made a big deal about it. Earn's like, we gotta show ID. Van's like, come on, just and he's just being difficult again. Another episode where Earn is being difficult. So they go to a club and. Then they say, like, Earn gets inside, and then the manager tracks Earn down and says the bill's counterfeit. Earn says it's not counterfeit. And so they get thrown out of the club, 
Ern's down on his luck, so he's like, yo, let's go to the strip club. So he calls up Alfred and uh, Darius, who had been hanging out with Clark County, who was harassing a, a poor recording engineer over his his uh, computer stopping and starting, which he had no control over, and made it seem like Clark County was about to get that dude beat up by this big dude. So Alfred and Darius left right before that happened. Clark County is shady, man. Don't trust this Clark County kid. Watch, uh, if he's back in season three, don't trust this Clark County kid. Anyway, to go to strip club, Earn is uh, spending way more money than he wanted to. Uh, he's not having a good time in the strip club. Van's not really having a good time in the strip club, even though the strippers love Van. Because, let's face it, you take a beautiful girl to the club, strippers are going to be all up on that girl. They ain't, I mean, strippers will do what, they, what you pay them for, essentially. But uh, stripper sees a beautiful girl in the club, nine times out of ten, they're going to treat them like royalty versus you. Unless you're the stunter, which Earn never is. So Earn's not having a good time there. Him and Van leave. And Michael Vick is just outside uh, racing niggas in the parking lot. <laughs> so Earn's like, oh, this is my chance. I'm going to race Michael Vick. They don't show the race, but you do see Earn in the back of the limo that they have rented to go to the strip club. Very frustrated. Because... <laughs> He lost to Michael Vick, and Van looks at him and says, It's Michael Vick. What did you expect? Favorite, favorite, uh, my favorite person in this episode had to be, uh, it, it wouldn't be Earn. I felt bad for Earn, and I, I can relate to Earn in a lot of ways. I feel like a lot of the shit that happens to Earn would happen to me. So I can relate to Earn a lot, but. MVP of this episode, I'm going to go ahead and say Van. And, you're, and some people might be like, oh, why are you pick Van? Van wasn't even funny or anything. No, but she suffered in silence with Ern most of the night because of Ern's... because of the way Ern was acting. Just straight up suffered in silence. And... it actually leads nicely into the next episode which is Helen seeing seeing Van try to deal with Ern and seeing him make these mistakes when they could have just had a nice dinner like Ern had no money and took her to a nice ass restaurant and then busted himself out and him and Van got in that fight that was all the way back in um let's see that was episode that was Grandma's Hands that was only episode 3 So I'm going to go with the van and money bag shorty. Episode 4 is called Helen. Now this urn is terrible in this episode. This is all van and urn. They go to a fast notch. Fast I, I messed it up. Celebration. Because van's half white. And so she's celebrating her, don't quote me, German heritage. Something she's done with her family for years. She gets urn to go. So it gets down there and seems like things are going to go well, you know? Like, they're going to get there, Ern's going to suck it up, have a good time, be with his girl. He knew what he was getting himself into, but instead, Ern makes it a point to be a dick about everything. And of course, 
of course, your boy from way back in episode one of season one, the one who said, nigga, to earn, like twice, and earn didn't think anything, and he thought it was cool to just say that shit to earn and not feel any kind of way about it. He, um, yep, here he comes. Uh, he, he thought it was cool for earn to just go ahead and, um, Oh, talk, say the N-word to earn with no re- repercussions. Then he wouldn't turn around and say that shit to Alfred. So that was a, another case of earn getting stunned on early. But your your boy, the DJ, is there with his girlfriend, who's also friends of Van. And Earn just sabotages us at every single point for no reason, other than the fact to be a dick. He knew he was coming to this thing and was important to Van, and yet he didn't even try. And so Van is frustrated. She flirts with the bartender, speaks German a little bit. Ern just sits back and smokes his weed a little bit. And ultimately, um, Van's tired of his shit. I'm not going to go into the details of what they actually did in the episode because the details of what they did didn't matter other than Ern being a dick about it. But Van goes back to... uh, Or not back to Van... Van ends up having enough, going to earn and saying, hey, let's have a love and basketball moment and play for our relationship, essentially. Except they're playing ping pong, which she already beat Earn's ass in ping pong earlier. So she beats Earn's ass again. And the rules of this, instead of uh, if I win, we're together. If uh, I lose, um, we're done forever. The, well, the rules are similar. I mean, except earn, being earned, pretty much says I have no interest to be in a relationship before they have this thing, before they have this little match. And she wants some kind of resolution. Like, are we together, or is this just about sex and, and me being there for you when you need me? He calls it an arrangement. And Van's like, if I win, then we're done. And I don't even know if Ern said things would continue the way they were after uh, um, I don't even know if Ern said anything about what he wanted if he had won but he knew when he wasn't going to win so he lost they drove home in silence from the festivities he dropped uh, he they got back to Vans and then Earn left and I was in the Van and Earn's relationship. Just like that. Again, MVP of this episode is Van. Earn is trash at this point. He's just doing like there's no reason for him to go down there and act that way. I get it, I get it, if you're not into it, but if you're going at this point, Van wouldn't let you walk in there blind about what you're gonna see. She wouldn't. And there's a really good, uh, a great moment in the episode where Van is talking to her friend Christina. Christina essentially says she chooses to be black because they're both mixed. Biracial. And they're, they're, she says, oh, you chose to be, you chose black and I chose white. And it, it's a really poignant, if I'm even saying that word right, poignant moment of the show to see that conversation be had because I I mean essentially 
I've seen over years from biracial people that there are some that you like the, not that they naturally made the decision, but you can tell that they gravitate more towards being white or they gravitate more towards being black. And that's just the way that they were raised and the decisions they made. But uh, it, but Christina essentially called Van out on making a conscious decision to choose white or sorry, choose black over white. And that's why Van's life has been the way it is. And that's why things are the way they are with her. It's really shitty. And I, and I didn't like it. So after that heavy ass episode, you get Barbershop. Paperboy, a.k.a. Alfred, and his barber, Bibby. He goes to the barbershop. Bibby is late. And then Bibby makes Alfred come with him instead of cutting his hair. And so they go in various, run into various hijinks throughout the city of ATL as all Alfred wants to do is get his hair cut. And Bibby does everything but cut his hair. Eventually he gets his hair cut. But Alfred is so frustrated by this. That he comes in to the barbershop next time. And goes to another barber. And so. Yeah I, I've, I've been there. And he chooses another barber. Bibby's like huh alright I see you. Uh, the new barber asks Alfred, uh, what kind of cut do you want? What kind of blades? And Al's like, I have no idea. Because Bibby handled all that. As someone who did not have a, a main barber for years. Like, my boy Steve used to cut my hair for a while. And that was fine. When I finally branched out into the barber shops of Morgantown, once they actually got established. Uh, I, I would rotate. Like, I had a couple dudes who cut my hair. But I, I never made it a point to go to one person until I met my current barber, Sam, Sam McClurg. She's incredible. And she's been cutting my hair for, shoot, I got married in 13. So I'd say it was, it's been late 13 or 14 that she's been cutting my hair. And she's the only person who I let touch my hair. Uh, so I, I get it. Let, letting, getting a new barber Bouncing between one person and another. Everybody cuts different. Having that rapport is, incre- is important. And seeing Al go through that was rough. Especially with all the shit Bibby ran him through. Uh, MVP of this episode is... Uh, it's co-MVPs. Because Alfred for going along with the ride. And then Bibby for uh, just being Bibby, I guess. Because that, that shit was ridiculous. He was putting them through some shit. Now... While Barbershop might be the funniest episode, pure comedy, of the entire season, the next episode is definitely the most insane and took things to a whole other level. So I remember today that Teddy Perkins is supposed to come out, Lakeith Stanfield, who plays Darius, he actually um, tweeted out that something about tonight's my episode and that there will be no commercials. And I was like, oh man, that's what's up. That's crazy. And then of course his movie for, uh, his new movie he has coming out, which um, I'm going to try to Google it really quickly. Let's see. Keith Stanfield. I want to check it out. It's already getting a lot of attention. Sorry to bother you. Yeah. The uh, first, I don't know if it was the first trailer, but I saw the trailer for Sorry to Bother You before this episode. And an episode started. Uh, 
and Darius, this is Darius Solo. And I love Darius. Darius is probably my favorite character on the show. Because one, some may think Darius is stupid. Others may think Darius is a, is a idiot savant, maybe. But honestly, Darius is the only dude who... Like, his, like all his interactions are based on his interactions with Al, or with Ern, or with, with Van, different people... The way he interacts with the world is just too entertaining. 100%. So your boy Darius is still using message boards in 2018, so shout out to that. And he wants to buy a piano. Why does Darius want to buy a piano? Who knows? Maybe maybe he wants to do the same thing that him and Ern did with the, with the cell phone and trade it around until they ended up selling the dog. And trying to flip it for some money. I mean, Dar- Darius is... He's very smart. I'm just going to say he's a genius. I'm just going to throw the word out there. I don't care. Darius answers this ad from a message board. Goes to a mansion in Atlanta with his uh, moving truck to get this piano. Meets Teddy Perkins. Teddy Perkins is the brother of Benny Hope who is a big, big, big time star in music. But for years, he's been missing. Well, Teddy is the brother of Benny and is Benny's caretaker, who is in a wheelchair and apparently nonverbal. So after a really weird intro where they sit down and Teddy eats some kind of giant egg and it's disgusting and it's just weird. It gives you a really weird vibe. This, just the whole thing. Immediately, a lot of callbacks to get out. Of course, Lakeith Stanfield was in that as well. And it's it's just really weird, the whole conversation that Darius is having with Teddy. And then eventually, um, Teddy, Teddy goes to do something. So Darius calls Al. And uh, Al and... And, uh, Ern, man, my mind is going blank. What is homeboy's name who just, I was just talking about, Tracy. Al, Ern, and Tracy. Damn, I'm so sorry, guys. They're, like, they're hanging out, whatever, going through a drive-thru. Al doesn't want fries. He gets fries anyway. He gets mad. But that's the only funny part of this episode. They're, like, don't even worry about it. Just leave. Forget about it. This is dumb. So, Darius goes to get this piano. Teddy finally gives it to him after giving him a little bit of a runaround and all this cryptic stuff that he keeps saying. And he starts to leave and he ends up in the basement, finds Benny, and Benny says with a chalkboard because he can't talk. Teddy will kill us both. And he needs to get a gun from the attic. But Darius is like, whatever, I'm not getting caught up in all this. I'm going to go ahead and leave. Teddy blocks the truck in with a vehicle. So now Darius has to go back inside after hearing a loud sound. And then Teddy has a gun at Darius's head. Benny was right, he was going to kill him. 
And it really seemed like that this is going to be Lakeith's last episode of Atlanta. It was super stressful. I, the episode ran for, I don't know, I feel like it was like a 40 minute episode. It might even hit 50, 50 minutes and it was all commercial free, mind you. So you were, we're locked into this story um, as I watched it live. Locked in as everything happens to Darius. And I'm stressed. I was stressed after the episode ended. But anyway, Benny pulls a gun. It seems like Darius is going to get killed. And then Benny, who already got shot by Teddy, that was a loud noise that uh, Darius heard when he was outside trying to get into the truck. Benny already took a shot. Benny shows up, kills Teddy, and then shoots himself. And Darius doesn't get the piano. Bro. Thankfully, when the police show up, and there's there's no worries about Darius getting arrested for I mean obviously they could tell what had happened. I think I mean Darius was still tied was still I believe he was handcuffed or tied to the chair cuz Teddy, Teddy had point held him at gunpoint and pretty much sat him down and then and tied him up or handcuffed him in the chair and he's going to shoot him. And he's going he already thought he killed Benny. And I haven't rewatched this episode. I need to. But this was just some out there shit. Not to mention the parallels that was drawn between Benny and Michael Jackson and Teddy and all of Michael Jackson's inflections. Hell, I don't even know if Teddy was that. Teddy could have actually been Benny the whole time. Darius didn't. I mean, Darius knew who Benny was. But Teddy could have been Benny because Teddy's character, who was played by Donald Glover, much props to Childish on that one. Teddy <laughs> had all the inflections of Michael Jackson. He was soft-spoken and, and everything. Yeah, I mean, he was... Uh, I mean, Donald Glover had white face on. Looked like a white man. It was just extremely creepy and like they he there was a scene where they go in a garage and Teddy's like I want to make this a museum to my father our father was hard on us and he would beat us when we did things wrong a lot of Joe Jackson parallels there and it was interesting to see the Atlanta take on the Jackson family so to speak and at least two of them Versus it being a clan of... How many Jackson kids are there? Seven? Eight? And it was really horrifying because I really thought Darius was going to die. For sure. I'm glad he didn't. But this episode alone... If you weren't sure about Atlanta Robin season... Or if the critics weren't sure if Atlanta robbed it out... If Atlanta Robin season bit my tongue... Deserves more Emmys coming the winter months and more accolades, just like they got the first time around. This sealed it. This is a masterpiece. 
Absolutely incredible. Scary. Absolutely incredible. So I'm going to give MVP to Darius. Despite Donald's great performance as Teddy Perkins, the show, the episode wouldn't have worked without Darius tying everything in together. It was a masterful performance all around from Darius to Donald Glover to the story to the horror vibe it gave off. It, it was just... Mwah, it was magnifique. So after that... Oh, and, and I want to mention that this episode references psychological pressures and traumas childhood stars sometimes face, especially ones with abusive and controlling stage parents, such as Michael Jackson, Marvin Gaye, Tiger Woods, and Serena Williams. So there you go. Next episode... Next episode is Champagne Poppy. Yeah, I talked a lot about Drake last episode, but I'm not going to say a word about Drake right now. Uh, nah. <laughs> Other than this. So it's New Year's Eve in Atlanta. And Van is going out with her girls. They're going to a mansion party at Drake's house in Atlanta. Did you know Drake had a house in Atlanta? That doesn't surprise me when he made a song called Houston Land of Vegas. So, her girls, Candace, Tammy, and Nadine, are with her. Van is still heart... uh, No, honestly, she's heartbroken. She's still suffering the after effects of the Helen episode. Where her and Ern broke up. So she's looking at him on Instagram. Some girl's playing with his hair. But they're all like, Van, stop. We're going to go get a picture with Drake. We're going to get your Instagram game up. And one of her friends... um, Let's see. I'm not sure which one. Oh, Candace. Candace is the one who's Instagram famous in this, uh, in this episode. And she, her DJ's the one that got them in... And they're all supposed to be hanging out. Well, Candace ditches the girls immediately. But not before they all eat some... Eat some edible gummies. Which sounds absolutely delicious. Not mad at that at all. So... While Candace runs off... Nadine starts tripping really badly. And then Van... Pulls the dummy move... And... And uh, leaves her. Like, oh, you're just tripping. Sit here. I'll be right back. And leaves her. So she wanders off. So she's searching through Drake's house. Looking for Nadine. And looking for Drake. And trying to trying to uh, keep away a creepy guy. Who I, th- I thought for a second was after Teddy Perkins. I thought anything was possible. So I thought we were going to have a sexual assault on our hands. Thankfully, it didn't go that way. He was just a needy boy. She deflected. She curved him. So she's still looking through Drake's house. She takes the jacket from the <laughs> from the Hotline Bling video. She's wearing that. Still looking around. Runs into Drake's grandfather. <laughs> yeah, and and then she finds out Drake's not even in the house when it was supposed to be a New Year's Eve party with Drake as advertised. Uh, so Drake's Spanish grandfather tells tells Van that he shows Van he's not here. He's on the European tour. 
Van finds Nadine by the pool next to Darius of all people who was invited because he knows Drake's personal chef. I mentioned this in an earlier episode hyphenation, but this is the whole Robin season recap. So bear with me here. Um, yeah. Oh, and then the whole thing about Drake being there, uh, because one of the things is like Van is seeing people posting pictures with Drake on their Instagram from this party. So Van's like, I'm down to see meet Champagne Poppy, you know? People are posing with cardboard cutouts of of uh Drake. Yeah. Cardboard cutouts. It's not really Drizzy. Everything's a hustle, ladies and gentlemen. Everything is a hustle. So, yeah. So, no Drake party. Lost our friend. Oh, not to mention, and I, I went into this in episode, Tammy, of course, was mad at that one black guy for dating a white girl and went off on an epic, why y'all take all of our men rant. You're only here for the money. Uh, which, uh, it still bothers me that homeboy didn't try to say anything to it and just kind of dismissed her. I mean, she was obviously in the wrong and high and drunk, whatever, but still, that's, that's no excuse. And then they all get kicked out of the house because um, Candace left with her boyfriend to go to T-Pain's New Year's Eve party. Um, and, of course, the party's getting shut down because, I don't know, all these people are in Drake's mansion taking... Cutouts, pictures with cutouts, man. Like, oh lord, fame. Fame is dangerous, man. It's weird, too. Oh, and then Van, as everybody walks home, because of course they got brought there in a shady ass van by a black dude who makes inappropriate comments to all these girls who's going to Drake's party. Uh, since the van wasn't shuttling them back. To back to uh, where they got picked up at. They're all walking back home. And Van's like, Drake must be Mexican. <laughs> uh, Champagne Poppy was a lot of fun after Teddy Perkins. Um, it was smart to put Barbershop, Teddy Perkins, and then Champagne Poppy. Lots of levity blended in with all that horror of Teddy Perkins. MVP of this episode has got to be your girl Van. Van getting her solo steez on. Um, and also, I, I just love Van. Van is wonderful. Um, and she's played by Zazzy Beats. And of course, I haven't seen Deadpool 2, but I heard that she killed it as Domino in Deadpool 2. And it's one of the best parts of the movie. So make sure you support her in that. Moving right along, we're going to the Woods episode. Now, this is Al's Paperboy, Paperboy, all about that Paperboy. Can we just get that track released, man? I know that, I know that, uh, uh, Steve, Steve G. Lover, Donald's brother is the one that raps on it. I, I just want to get it, man. Can I, can I get it? Get that full track, man? Paperboy, Paperboy, all about that Paperboy. You ain't got that Paperboy, I ain't fucking with your boy. That's probably messed up. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Alfred's solo episode. And while, yes, he did have the Barbershop episode, this more focuses more on... He was alone for the ride of Barbershop with Bibby 
This is truly Al's episode. So Al is asleep on the couch. Here's his mother complaining about his kitchen being dirty. But if you've paid close attention to Atlanta um, up until now, Al's mother is dead. So we realize that he's dreaming. Uh, he wakes up, realizes his dream, and then Ern calls him, asks him if he did that thing. And Al seems dep- depressed. Um, he, he just doesn't seem like his normal, not that he's jovial, but he doesn't seem like his normal paperboy self. So he decides he's going to go out with a friend. Uh, another Instagram famous girl named Sierra. And, of course, Darius is making some chicken and literally sticks his foot in it. All improvised. Uh, so he's hanging out with her and she's trying to tell him, uh, you need to embrace your popularity and you need to do more. You're gonna, you're, If you want to be a star, you have to accept this life. Your old life is gone. Things will never be the same. You have to be willing to change. And Al doesn't want to change. They get in an argument at the nail salon. Al ends up leaving. Uh, and is walking through Atlanta. Runs into a shady spot in Atlanta. Runs into three teens. Hell, they might even be young adults. They might be in their 20s. Like, oh, are you Payerboy? Yeah, yeah, what's up, Payerboy? What you doing out here by yourself? Oh, you know, man, just keeping it real. And then they attack him and try to rob him. Did they actually rob him, actually? Let's see. I think they got a little something off of him. But, and they pull out burners and shit, so Al runs into the woods. And this episode is called Woods. And is running from these three kids who are probably going to kill him. It's rough out here in these streets, bro. So, never mind how stressful that is. (laughs) Al dodges them. And then Al... um, Al runs into a... a a homeless man who doesn't seem to be all there and threatens Al and is going to cut his throat and all this stuff. If Al doesn't run... If he doesn't get out of here, then he needs to find his way. And I couldn't tell if the homeless guy was in Al's imagination either. I thought he was for a little bit because this dude was literally out in the woods just chilling. And he was just bothering the fuck out of Al. And then until he held him a knife point, and that's when Al ran out of the woods. But then, but the thing that made me think that he was in Al's head too is when Al got away from the knife the dude was still there yelling at him at Al like he was still there with the knife of course it could just be because he's he's seen some shit and he's hit rock bottom but Al takes off running gets out of the woods goes to a convenience store meets a fan and then he's like yo let's take a picture Which is the first time I think we've ever seen Al be gracious towards a fan. Really. Um, And then he even says, nah, let's take another one. You didn't do it right. And Al's all bloody and beat up from getting mugged. And just having a rough ass day and night. And mugs for the camera. And it looks like Paperboy is slowly embracing. Slowly embracing. Becoming famous MVP of this episode there's nobody else to be MVP it definitely is Al 
played by Brian Henry Tyree. Did I say that right? I probably flipped his name. Brian Tyree Henry. Yep, I flipped his name. He's really good. And honestly, the casting in Atlanta, season one and season two, is phenomenal. I didn't know who Lakeith Stanfield was before the show. I tuned in for Childish, and I and it's made four stars. Well, it's made Childish bigger and three more stars. Like, Atlanta is so good. And the casting is just spot on. So we move on to North of the Border, episode nine. So back, this is a this is back to the crew. After ever after not having seen anybody, I mean, this is the first time we're really seeing Earn since Helen, and that was episode four. Uh, so we got the crew back together, and the crew's going to a college to do a show, a pajama jam. Guess what? They're not getting paid. Oh, fuck Earn. So, Earn claims it's going to be good to do this for free. Of course, your boy Clark County's there with his manager. I don't know if he got paid, but I have a feeling that he did get paid. But it's like it'll be good exposure, and then we'll be able to do college shows, and college money ain't no joke. Paperboy ain't feeling it. And then he's like, what hotel we staying at or something along that? And then Earn's like, oh, well... We're staying with a girl that is a big fan of yours. And I don't know. Like, in my in my experience in the rap game, my West Virginia experiences, I've seen situations kind of similar to this where where the crew is staying with a friend or so-and-so. But let, let me tell you, if back in the day, if our our main guy uh, of our of our label had a show somewhere and then he was told yo uh, you're going to be staying with this, this cute girl who's a real fan of yours I can tell you it wouldn't be a problem <laughs> so Paperboy being a little man fuck that like him being all like that I don't think that was inaccurate that wasn't accurate man like shit Enjoy the perks, Paperboy. Uh, so he's mad at Al for that. And then Tracy invites himself along security. And Al's like, yeah, Trace, come on. Who cares? Bring it. Good God. <laughs> so meets his girl, Violet. She's super obsessive about Al. Says some weird shit while they're laying on her bedroom. And there's footprints on her ceiling. So either... She just got really bored and threw her feet up there one night. Her dirty ass feet, mind you. Or, depending how close that ceiling was, I don't think it was that close. She could have been throwing her hand, her legs up for Jesus. I don't know, bro. <laughs> but she's crazy. She, she's talking about crazy shit to Al. And I was like, oh, what am I getting myself into? But anyway, pajama jam night. Alfred in Clark County perform and everybody's hanging out paperboy talks to another girl and violet's above him in the high and uh, uh higher floor but you can see down into the the concourse where uh they're all hanging out and smoking and uh yeah drinking al talks to another girl she drops a drink on her because she's crazy so tracy being security runs upstairs she's all talking that shit blah 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 to tracy 
Tracy pies her in the face, just stupidly. She starts to fall down the stairs. Thankfully, um, Ern catches her. But then, uh, of course, uh, Crazy Girl's brother was there, who's in a frat. All his frat brothers start chasing him. <laughs> so it looks real bad for our heroes. They get outside, though. And it seems like cooler heads are going to prevail. But then Tracy comes and punches the brother in the face. And they have to run some more. <laughs> so they're running. And then Al's like, yo, I need some weed. I need some weed. <laughs> so Darius uses his, uh, his instincts to find weed and, and a party in the middle, middle of, uh, this campus turns out it's a a, a a white white boy frat house, <laughs> and they 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 get their weed. They're smoking it outside, but then they decide to go in the house, which was a bad idea because inside the house is a bunch of naked pledges lined up perpendicular, or at least straight ahead of a Confederate flag, getting hazed. Tracy and Darius go look at guns. Ern and Alfred is still sitting on the couch. Um, the guy who invited him in happens to mention something along the lines of Laffy Taffy. He makes all the pledges. Dance to Laffy Taffy. Naked as fuck for the world to see. I shit you not, ladies and gentlemen. So... Yeah. All the pledges get filed out though. I got a creepy vibe from this as well, but the I didn't I didn't think it was gonna be too bad. I mean the, the dude invited the guys in, they knew who Paperboy was. Uh was fans. It just seemed like one of those random things that happened on a college campus. And if you've ever been on a college campus partying late at night, oh the places you will go, my friend. <laughs> I miss college. So anyway, Ern and Al's left to themselves to chill. Al is just kind of mad about this whole situation with not getting paid. And with, with not getting paid and then not getting a hotel. And then the pajama jam going wrong. It's just a bad, it's an overall bad look. And plus, Ern hasn't been the best manager. Of course, Clark County's manager, Lucas, has been in his ear on the side trying to tell him that he can be a better manager for him and or Ern needs, or he needs a better manager than Earn, period. So he tells him, I don't think I don't think this is gonna work anymore. And so essentially I thought he had fired him. But I guess they stayed a night at the White Fred house. They go back to Violet's apartment. All their shit is tossed out. Uh, Al's car is fucked up. Ern gets mad because his laptop is missing. I don't know what's on his laptop. No clue at all. But I, I feel like there's something very important. And I feel like this is going to be a plot point that comes back in season three of Atlanta that this laptop is discussed. Because we don't even know if Ern actually got the laptop back. Because he ends up pulling the fire alarm and they have to run anyway. 
So everybody's bummed out on the way home. Well, Darius is tired. Al's mad. Tracy's, Tracy's whatever. Earn's mad. Everybody's talking shit on Earn. And then he pulls a fake gun on. Well, not a fake gun. He pulls a, uh, what is it? Old timey gun. Um, old fashioned gun from the Civil War out on him. It's not loaded. It doesn't even fire. But Earn gets pissed. So Earn's like, fuck it. I'm gonna beat your ass. <laughs> so Albert pulls the call over, car over, and then Tracy whoops Earn's ass. Beats the fuck out of him. And then. While Darius and now watch, after Ern gets his ass beat at the after he gets the ass whooping that he asked for, and then they get back in the car. At that point, I'm like fucking, I'm walking. You know, Ern gets back in the car, goes about his business, and uh, this girl decided she wants to come right behind my car with her dog. All this grass. I mean, I guess it's connected. Anyway. And, uh... Decides... To get back in the car. And drive home after getting his ass whooped. And then they all start laughing at Al, at Ern getting his ass whooped. I hope that you've seen this, but there is a deleted scene from this episode that was on Twitter. Um, a deleted scene that was on Twitter of the guys at the Pajama Jam. I they're I wow their outfits are actually um all uh homages to TLC's creep video. Um, Tracy's, of course, is in his little security outfit, but uh, all the guys are wearing like uh, the same colors that TLC was wearing. And then Creep comes on, and they're outside chilling. I guess it's outside the pajama jam, obviously. And Darius and Ern start doing the moves in the Creep video. And they're like, Al, come on. Come on, Al. Go ahead, Al. Join in. And Al's like, uh... Fucking, and then Al gets in, and they they do the TLC creep dance moves. It's, it's a really fun scene. I see why it didn't make sense in a structured episode of them having this lighthearted moment when all this shit has gone wrong because of Earn. But I love that. So MVP North of the Border would have to be Tracy. I mean, your boy got a free trip to go be security. And I believe he got paid for it at this pajama jam. He mushed the girl in the face. That wasn't the best move. And he pushed her down the steps. That was kind of bad. Thankfully, Ern was there. But then Ern got slapped because of it. <laughs> uh, and then he decked, he decked the brother. And then he whooped Ern's ass. So honestly, this... I mean, Tr Tracy was just the MVP. He was Teflon in this episode, man. I don't agree with him mushing the girl in the face, no matter how crazy she was, though. Episode 10 is called FUBU. FUBU. <laughs> Say it like the Clark County Yuhu song. FUBU is a flashback to a young Urn and a young Al. And this kind of shows us a little bit of their backstory to give the give the idea where they came from. 
um, and how they've arrived at where they've arrived, especially after it seems like they're going their separate ways after north of the border. So, Ern and his mom are in a store shopping. And Ern sees a FUBU jersey. And he's like, Mom, let me cop a FUBU jersey. And she's like, all right. She gets him a FUBU jersey. That's what's up. Always wanted a FUBU jersey when I was younger. So I was like, yeah, Ern, that's what's up. Nice yellow joint and everything. Gets to school. Everybody's like, oh, man, Ern, that's a dope jersey. He's like, thanks, thanks, thanks. Then... Another classmate of his rolls in with the same jersey with the official patch on it. Not to mention that Ern's jersey is already starting to fray because his is a ripoff. So Ern's flipping out because he doesn't want anybody to know that he has a fake jersey on and that he doesn't have the real one. So everybody's like, we don't know which is real and fake. We don't know which is real and fake. I mean, obviously, his doesn't have the patch. Go with the authentic jewel. I mean, the patch says it all. But they're like, oh, we gotta wait for this one kid to get here. So Ern goes to Paperboy, goes to Alfred. Like, you gotta help me. Alfred's in his ROTC uniform, of course, which I thought was hilarious. Maybe his uh, father had some military roots. If dad was even around. I don't know if Alfred's dad was around. And uh, he's like, oh, man, you gotta learn how to take care of yourself. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but Al does come through when, when the student they've been waiting on to determine what is real, they say, the student says, Earns is fake, which is correct because it's made somewhere. Al comes through and says, and says something along the lines of, nah, man, his isn't fake. You're just saying that because, uh, you're Asian, blah, blah, blah. You're Chinese. He's, he's not, but it was a funny little joke. Uh, and saves the day, and then Devin is the other classmate with the real jersey. Everybody starts clowning him about this jersey, like hardcore roasting. Uh, Al and uh, and uh, Ern end up back at their at Al's house, and you, you get to see their moms together hanging out, and they sit down together, and it's a nice little family moment. He's like looking out for his cousin. That's what's up. Next day at school. Principal comes in and informs him that Devin killed himself. Um, apparently due to depression from his parents' divorce. And then the bullying just exasper- exasperated it. And so, therefore, Ern is uh, super, de- super depressed that he didn't take that L and let somebody else do it. And end up costing the kid his life. Was this a little too extreme for middle school kids? Junior high kids? Yeah. But I also said a lot about you don't know what someone's going through. And even at that young age, poor Devin had enough between his parents' divorce and all that roasting he was taking over a jersey. It's a really sad ending to a to a really good episode. Um, co-MVPs this episode are the kids who play Young Earn and Young Al. They nailed it. Beautifully done. I think the twist was a little much, but I think it was much needed to see. Um, it, it really was a, a a really real take on bullying. And 
it, it just really showed Paperboy and Al's or Al and Earn's relationship early on, and how Al has Earn has never been able to look out for himself, so to speak. Which leads us to the last episode, which is Crabs and a Bear. So, they're going on tour to Europe with Clark County and Lucas. Everybody's getting ready. They're moving out of the apartment. The movers don't want to move. So, Earn has to figure out more money to get that to happen. Darius has no passport that is not expired. So, they have to go to... Where do they go exactly? A passport agency ran by Jewish gentlemen to get this done sooner. And the Jewish gentleman accurately nails that... Um, there's a rapper involved, and that's why they need to get this done ASAP. And then they don't hadn't weren't able to go through the proper protocols to get his passport renewed. Obviously, this thing works. I don't know this if this is true, but if there are places that exist that can give you same day passports. Let me know. Mine's still good for a while. I think mine's good till 2020. So, yeah, man. I'm just saying, if if this is possible. And I don't got to wait as long as I did. I had to go like a month in advance before I, we went to Jamaica. If I can do same-day passports somewhere, let a brother know. Uh, Earn and Van go to a teacher conference, parent-teacher conference. Teacher says that Lottie is gifted, their daughter. Uh, it's going to cost this much to get her into this private school. Van asked the teacher honestly if she would have done this, if she would have uh, said anything if she wasn't gifted. She said no, but essentially she says if a cat, if, um, if a cat, if cattle's, I can't remember exactly what she said, but, uh, essentially she said if, um, she recognizes bright students with, with potential, she wants to give them a real chance and not just leave them in the, uh, trenches with everybody else. So Van and Ern kind of have their final goodbye before he goes on his tour she want, She kind of asked him about his face from the Tracy beatdown, but he says it was nothing. Uh, they keep it very businesslike. You could tell Van wanted to... I think Van kind of gave him an opening, but he didn't take it. And then that's the last we see Van this season. <sighs> Darius and Ern have a talk while they're getting the passport, and Ern is again back. Call back to episode one. Scared that Paperboy's going to let him go. Darius says that he's always going to look out for him and his family. Ern doesn't want handouts. Darius knows that. Says that pretty much Alfred can't screw this up and he can't have things go wrong. And while Ern is improving as a manager, it's important that he learn from his mistakes quickly that he learns on the job because you can't be failing all the time and expect to succeed at the end is essentially what Darius says. Oh, and then Al gave Earn back the golden gun from episode one because I believe it might have been episode two where Earn left it at Alfred's apartment because Earn didn't want that damn gun. Had no reason to be carrying it around. Alfred said, nice try, nigga. Here's your gun. Go do something with that. Of course, Ern still has no place to stay. He puts it in his backpack and forgets about it. So, um, from there, they go to the airport. They got moved out. They have one last smoke on the, the couch from season one, episode one. Ern doesn't partake. 
which he didn't in episode one, season one either, until later after he got Paperboy on the radio. <clears throat> and then from there, they head to the airport. Everybody's moved out. Passport's collected. Van is dealt with. Van and Lottie. Van texts Earn that she's going to, these things, she's going to move back in with her mom. If you remember from season one, Van and her mom, last time we saw her, did not end on good terms. Uh, but apparently they're trying to repair their relationship and she's thinking about moving in with her mom since I believe Van still doesn't have a job since getting fired from her teaching job. So, head to the airport. Everything's cool. People are excited to be going to Europe. They get the TSA motherfucking TSA and Ern still has a gold gun on him. Everything stops. I freak out. I'm sure that Ern is going to end the season getting detained for having a gun in his bag at the airport. But thanks to some quick thinking, Ern ditches the gun and boards the plane. Alfred sees it. Alfred is appreciative. He says, that's the kind of shit that I need you to do. That's the kind of thing that I need you to do. You're looking out for me. Because neither one of us could get caught with that gun. But by you doing what you did, you're looking out for our best interest. And that's why you're going to remain my manager. So we know for sure that Earn keeps his job. Then Clark County gets on board. Clark County's like, oh man, Luke's not going to make it. Uh, he had a gun in his bag. It was a dope-ass gun, though. Which was my gun. Crazy. Ern says to Al, I put that gun in Clark's bag. So, essentially, Clark didn't take the heat. He passed it to the manager. Or the manager took the blame. Lucas. Which further makes Paperboy mistrust Clark County because he already did after the engineering incident. And he's never been the biggest fan of him, but he respects the business that he's getting. He respects the business side of things. And then the boys take off, and that's in the Robin season. Overall, oh, the MVP of this episode is Earn. Absolutely. Earn is definitely the MVP because... Not only did he seem to make an, a lot of adult decisions in this episode as far as Van and Lottie goes, where he didn't he didn't take that opening Van offered him and gave her hope for the future, where he handled getting the play everybody moved out um, of everything moved out of Al's apartment where he got the passport done. Al was doing managerial shit. And he ditched the gun and didn't get caught with it. I don't think Clark County knows. I really don't. I don't see that being a dangling plot thread that would really need to be picked up for season three. Well, I mean, what's he going to do? Like, oh, Clark County sabotaging my career. Like, nobody wants to watch that. I don't think anybody's interested in that arc. There might be a throwaway line or something. 
I don't think Clark County knows that Al Earn put the gun in his bag. Oh, and Tracy, of course. Nobody told Tracy he's moving out. So there that Al was moving out. Tracy had been crashing there all year. All season. Tracy goes back to Al's house with a with a girl and some Chinese food. And everybody's moved out. He can't get in. So that was Al's revenge on Tracy whooping his cousin's ass. Was not telling him about we're going we're moving and going on tour. So Tracy's left out in the cold. I don't know if we'll see Tracy again. But I, I really appreciated Tracy's character this season. Despite his shady shit that he pulled. I can't recommend Robin season enough, y'all. I need to rewatch it. I need to re I had started rewatching season one prior to the announcement of season two. And then I just waited. I watched every episode live. Happy to say I feel like no, I think I might have missed a couple nights, but one of the few TV events that I have to watch live is Atlanta. It's so good. It goes there. <laughs> Kudos to Donald, to Brian Tyree Henry, Lakeith Stanfield, and Zazie Beats. Incredible casting. I can't wait to see what y'all do next. And hopefully we get it sooner than later. Like, I'm talking winter of uh, 20, 2019. I'm here for it. Ready for it, man. A Lowe's truck is creeping. Well, that's not a Lowe's truck. That is a Schmidt bread truck. Go watch Atlanta. All of it. Do it. So now that I've given you the lengthy, spoilery recap, recommendations, almost forgot. So I went back and revisited some music that I used to love, eh, probably about a month or so ago, while I was mowing grass. I broke out 2005's best mixtape, Don't At Me, technically 2006, because I think he released it at the end of 2005. Joe Buttons, Mood Music 2. Because I, I check in on the Joe Budden podcast from time to time, see how things are going. I enjoy it. I don't mind Joe, the media personality. But I miss Joe the rapper, man. And his newer music just didn't do the same thing for me that his music was doing for me pretty much from that era between uh, when his album came out on Def Jam up until Slaughterhouses formed, he got on Love and Hip Hop pretty much anything in that era I fuck with heavy so I went back and revisited Mood Music 2 and my god it's still amazing it still holds up of course the references are a little dated some of the things said are a little eye-opening in today's climate but Joe just kills it man and it, it's incredible um standout tracks dumb out I after re-listening to this I was listening to dumb out at least once a day it's a seven minute opus of Joe spitting over the architect's production wonderful if I die tomorrow familiar sample it's a familiar sample um, anniversary by Tony 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 Joe flipped it got it flipped it's wonderful 
40 Licks, another uh, great song. Are You In That Mood Yet? Um, I believe that's the first song. Um, I love that song. Uh, Six Minutes of Death, which takes Cassidy's Six Minutes of Death beat from his second album, I'm a Hustler, and throws R.I.P. Stack Bundles and Jay Mills when he's actually good on it. And they all go to town and they murder that. Three Sides to a Story. Uh, shows all Joe's storytelling ability very well. I absolutely love that track. Um, making sure, sorry, making sure I was recording. And there, there's a, and then it's hosted by DJ On Point. I I know that there now exists a um, CD quality, a CDQ version of Move Music Two. And I actually listened to some of it for the first time because it's available on YouTube if you Google the tracks, if you search the tracks. It's cool, but I still need my DJ on point drops. The DJ on point drops just make it that much more fun. Just bringing the whole, it just, that, that's more nostalgia's sake. But listening to the album without DJ on point is just weird to me. Uh, and then finally, don't forget about my man Killer BH. Uh, the next big rapper uh, signed to Def Jam and Koch. Who does that? My name is Brandon, and I'm the best. Pumping out crack music, coming from my chest. All around the world, they know I'm the man. Y'all know I'm hot. I blow you. Oh, fuck. Y'all know I'm hot. I cool y'all niggas off like a fan. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what he says. So if you haven't, or you just haven't revisited in a while, or you don't even remember an era where Joe Budden was a rapper who didn't make really terrible, sad songs, which he was doing towards the end of his career, and I haven't listened to Rage Against the Machine yet. So eventually I'll get to it. I don't. I, I wasn't really impressed with anything he was doing around that era when his podcast was called I'll Name This Podcast Later. But if you just want to revisit when Joe was just focused on rapping... Uh, movie Music 2 is a place to do it. And then the other recommendation is a movie on Netflix I checked out. It's called Happy Anniversary. It stars... Um, wow. I'm going to have to Google it. Damn it. And I love her. And I can't think of her name. It's a Netflix movie. It stars uh, the actress who was in the first season of Master of None with Aziz Ansari. It was his girlfriend... And they didn't end up together, essentially because they felt like they were both settling. And so they went to a, a wedding and then she decided she wanted to pursue her dreams and move somewhere and not be with him anymore. It was really heartbreaking. Noelle Wells, that's her name. And I didn't Google that. I was getting ready to Google it. And it came to me because my mind likes to work from time to time. Noelle Wells. And then it has the dude from Parks and Rec. Um, and not who you may think. Let me see. Um, part, oh, let me just Google Happy Anniversary. Cast. It has Ben Schwartz. Um, best known for his role in Parks and Rec as Jean Raffia. Ralphio. How do I forget about that? He stars in it along with Noel Wells and essentially it's their anniversary. Um, she wakes him up, um, or he wakes her up on anniversary and gets her breakfast in bed and everything, and 
things start getting hot and heavy and then she's like I'm not happy and then the movie spirals down from there it's a really cool rom-com though it's nothing earth-shaking but the performances in it are good I enjoyed it and I, I recommend you check out Happy Anniversary so Happy Anniversary starring Noel Wells and Ben Schwartz and Move Music 2 by Joe Budden if you want to be part of the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast, here's what you do. Hyphenpodcastgroup.com. All the episodes are there. Hyphenpodcast Group is a Morgantown-based, Morgantown, West Virginia-based podcast collective bringing great podcasts to the people. You can be a part of it, too. Uh, Hyphenation is available wherever podcasts are sold iTunes, Google Play. It's on the new Google Podcast app. I checked. Radio Public, which I love to death. Radio Public is awesome. I really want to get a sponsorship from them. Get that Radio Public app. Because you know all those iTunes links that people post? My Android people. If you click that and you have Radio Public on your phone, it brings up the podcast on the app. It's essentially your solution to the um Apple Podcast problem because there's no Apple Podcast app for Android. You have Radio Public and you click that iTunes link, it will come up and right up and be playable on your phone. Radio Public, Radio Public, Radio Public. I love it. Also available on Stitcher. Uh, every episode is on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash B hyphen, B H Y P H E N. Google hyphen nation podcast and we'll be come up you'll get that hyphen podcast that's not it it's like the second one down you'll see hyphen nation by hyphen podcast group itunes all that definitely hyphen universe is my personal website all the episodes go up there as well make sure you check that out and then whenever i feel like it i throw a little content up there for funsies uh if you go to hyphen podcastgroup.com and go to the hyphen nation page there's an rss feed Get that link, put it into your favorite podcast, listen to Vice, and you can get all 65 episodes of Fire! Chia, just like that. If you want to reach the show, be hyphen at gmail.com, hyphen podcast group at gmail.com, at be hyphen on Twitter, at hyphen pod group on Twitter, hyphen universe on Facebook, and hyphen podcast group on Facebook. And don't forget, do remember... The Be Hyphen on Instagram and Hyphen Podcast Group on Instagram as well. Things are going well. I'm glad I got this episode done. I hope I didn't bore y'all, man. I, I try to keep it entertaining. I, I know it's hard to list somebody go through 11 episodes and give you recaps and their thoughts and opinions on everything. Uh, and I, I hope that story to beginning entertained y'all. <laughs> so as always, I appreciate each and every one of you who listen to the show. The power of positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life, no matter what that may be, or no matter what you may do. Words of wisdom for today. <sighs> I don't think the keto diet is healthy. How can you eat all this meat and protein and bacon and get healthy because you're not eating carbs? I don't know, man. That That's my words of wisdom for today. Huh. <sighs> Shout out to you, the listener. Shout out to Barack Obama. And we back at it, man. So until next time, 
Won't you be my neighbor? Thanks, y'all.